0: It's time for episode 122 of the Clockwise podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, February 3rd, 2016. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where we are proud to recognize Leap Year. Set your calendars forward one day don't don't <laughs> do not do that i am jason snell and you just heard dan Morin uh, d- just denouncing my statements already Hi, not dan.
1: advisable people not advisable
0: so uh dan uh, this is clockwise where we talk about four technology topics with four interesting people have you heard of this show have you listened before
1: yeah i'm a uh, first uh first time caller long time listener okay stop
0: calling because you're the co-host what's going on <laughs> um to my left uh joining us from uh the accidental tech podcast and analog here on the relay fm podcast network
2: it's mr casey liss hi casey welcome Hello. back Hello. thank you how are you guys doing great excellent
1: And to my left, the host of the Less Than or Equal podcast here on Relay FM, it's Aline Sims. Hi, Aline.
3: Hey, it's a relay party.
1: It's, it is a it relay. Is, party. I Ain't it no is. party like a relay party because a relay party's got a lot of podcasters in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, moving on, uh, we each have a topic that we're going to discuss today in 30 minutes or less. And if it goes longer than that, I just edit it down so it's 30 minutes or less. So it's pretty much a fool's game. Don't bet on the over. Uh, here's my topic for you uh, this week: uh, Doctor Who, uh, BBC program that I MME is how that is spelled in England, and uh, ended its run on streaming. And I enjoy that show a lot. But um, And I have the DVDs, so it's okay for me. But a lot of people were up in arms because they were watching the show, and they were used to it being there on tap on, on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu, and it went away probably because the BBC is working on its own streaming service. I, I like to think that this is a reminder of mortality. Streaming, like life, is very fragile. And uh, it made me wonder, what streaming services, if any, do you all rely on the most, and could you live without them?
2: Yeah. So in thinking about this, uh, we use Spotify, we use iTunes Match, and we use Netflix. And I think we could live without Netflix, although you you should remind me of that in a later answer, as I answer one of the questions later. But <laughs> Spotify and um, iTunes Match, I feel I, it would be hard for us to live without. And I listen to Spotify pretty much anytime I'm not listening to podcasts. But what with me re- buying a uh, Apple, or receiving actually from Aaron as a Christmas gift, uh, what with me getting this new Apple TV recently and that not having a native Spotify client, suddenly I find myself using um, iTunes Match a lot more. And that has actually caused me to start buying music again and start buying the albums that I know I'm going to listen to just over and over and over again. Uh, so I would say Spotify and iTunes Match for sure.
1: Yeah, most of my streaming services, I rely on are video streaming services. Um... I think of them, the one that I rely on the most is Hulu. I actually watch a lot on Hulu these days um, because I, I shifted over to – I've never really had cable TV, um, and Hulu actually provides a wide swath of the shows that I watch. Uh, if it weren't around, uh, that would be tricky. I mean, there's, there's definitely other ways of getting things. I signed up for one of a Comcast streaming TV plan to play with that, and so that gives me access to some of the basic broadcast stuff, but there's a lot of other stuff it, it doesn't let you get. Uh so I think I'd have a pretty hard time with that. I might have to fall back to other methods which I'm sure the uh TV studios would not appreciate. <laughs> so I think they're probably glad to have to have my money right now, but it, it is I, I watch way too many TV shows, so it is hard to uh kind of imagine what that would be if they started like pulling shows off there. So I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that doesn't happen.
3: Uh so I use Netflix, uh we use Amazon Prime streaming and we actually buy a lot of content on iTunes. Um so I don't know like Netflix has a lot of uh, a lot of original programming right now that I like, uh especially the Marvel stuff so uh, I I would have a hard time giving Netflix up but it's only for a few weeks a year we could probably cancel it and then like, pick it up when a show we were interested um, came on and then cancel it again um, just because we're not watching it constantly we use um, we use the Amazon fire stick that we have uh, to watch Star Trek a lot of the time which is kind of our go-to for background noise because we're we're major sci-fi nerds in this house yeah I mean I think Netflix would be really hard to get off could I live technically yeah um, but my life would be much sadder um, and void of superheroes. So I don't know that I would want to.
0: <laughs> I hear you. It would be hard for me to uh, to give up uh, Netflix. I also subscribe to Hulu, which I like, but I could probably give it up. Um, it, it is. I realize that I, I subscribe to way more services than I probably should at this point, And I just tell myself that it's because I'm trying to be a knowledgeable writer about uh, and podcaster about entertainment things that I am subscribed to everything. If I had to rely on only one, though, it would probably, be Netflix at this point. Casey, what topic do you have for us?
2: So I was trying to brainstorm what I could talk about, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And I know this is near and dear to uh, Dan's heart, so I expect a three-hour answer from him, which will be fun for you to edit. But um, what home automation task are you really dying to accomplish? Or maybe, if you'd like to toot your own horn for a minute, um, what is one that you've already accomplished that you really feel has has changed things for the better? And we'll start with Dan.
1: Oh, good. Me now. Um, I you know. <laughs> Uh, I, I've i set up a couple small home automation things around the house, and I'm really enjoying it. Not all of them work exactly perfectly because I think we're in that still that stage where there's a lot of things that aren't quite interoperable or not all the functionalities there. Um, but there's definitely stuff that I'm interested in. So, for example, I will take as my... Um, my my sort of brain, like back burner brainstorming project because I haven't figured out a, a easy or clever way to do this yet. I really am enjoying. Jason very nicely gave me last Christmas this Reveal automatic team maker. Fantastic! I really like it. But the problem with it is now it's just interesting that since that part is now so easy, it automatically brews the tea for you. Like the the pain points just move somewhere else. I have to remember to fill it up. And then when I, you know, some mornings where I don't set it to go off automatically, it's like, well, I got to get up and make the tea anyway. So how much time have I really saved? So what I need is a some sort of Wi-Fi bridge where I can have it, you know, tell it from bed like, okay I'm up now. Start making the tea now, um, and I think unfortunately that would actually require some sort of robot to like physically push the buttons, since obviously there's no way to directly hook into the tea maker, which is kind of a bummer. But oh, I'm sorry that the the tea making robot doesn't have enough connectivity for you. <laughs> <game. laughs> Hey, I mean, you know, someone. I think Belkin has like a like a Wi-Fi enabled coffee maker. Yeah, so true. really, the future is not that far away. Um, and then obviously, then you need like the Roomba or whatever to drive a, the, your cup of tea to you in the room. So that's obviously a whole different kettle of fish. Um, but in the meantime, it would be um, it would be cool if I could integrate some more stuff uh, around the house. I haven't played around with something like, uh, I'm limited in terms of what I can do because I live in an apartment. So I haven't been able to play with like automatic locks. I haven't really invested in uh, a smart thermostat or any of that. So there are a lot of things left to do. And I think we've really only like scraped the surface of what's possible with home automation, but, um, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm looking to keep playing around with some stuff.
3: I'm, I'm kind of with Dan. We have some hue lights and with home kit, it's been really nice to say, you know, Hey Siri, turn off the bedroom lights. Um, um, mm-hmm. We have a Nest thermostat. It's a first generation, so like we need to get a new thermostat if we wanted to tie into any of that. And I don't know that we need to. The thing that I'm really keen on is uh, the locks, like the Bluetooth locks for the doors with the proximity sensors and that kind of thing, so that I don't ever have to touch keys. I hate touching keys, and so you know we have a Prius. I don't ever have to take my keys out of my bag um, because it's got the proximity sensor. I want the same thing for for my door locks. Um, my only concern is I think that. There there are a lot of privacy concerns with these kinds of things because um, kind of being security industry um, adjacent, I noticed like <laughs> security is a secondary concern for a lot of companies. And so I, I'm really like I want white papers on this is how we're like protecting all of this because the last thing I want is to make my life easier and also make it easier for people to get my data or actually physically enter my home um so that's something I'm always kind of wary about when I think about um home automation stuff and then I really really want a robot that'll just cook my meals and clean the house
0: ah <laughs> oh, uh, there we go a small ask we're back right, to the robot yeah. back, back to the robot butlers it always comes back always to the robot back butlers it always comes yeah. back
1: to robot butlers.
0: Man. Yeah, I, I agree. Robot butlers, Dan. I forgot to set the uh, the tea maker last night, so I had to press the button this morning. The pain, God, I know, right? can you Tell me about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My biggest home automation thing is uh, I I put uh, my outside lights are now Wi-Fi um, programmable lights attached to if this then that, so they they come on and go off based on the sunset. So it changes as the seasons change, and then they go off at a set time at night, and then in the morning the same thing they come on at a set time and then go off at sunrise um, and sort of fade. out. Out. it's kind of cool
2: yeah so for me um the only home automation things we have we have one wemo switch and we have a couple of Lifx uh light bulbs and what i've been noodling on lately is two different things with the entertainment center um now that the apple tv is doing hdmi what is it cec uh so it will turn the tv on and off when you turn the apple tv on and off
0: that's a terrible technology casey i know
2: uh, thank you john um so <laughs> <laughs> what i've been wanting to do is um have We have a separate uh, receiver, and I want to ha- figure out a way so that when the TV goes on, it somehow like f- tells a the, 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 re- the plug the receiver is on to flip the receiver on. And similarly, uh, we have a 15-month-old at home, and so when he goes to sleep at about the same time every night, what I'd like to do is have the subwoofer automatically turn itself off and then turn itself back on in the morning time. And the latter one, the subwoofer thing, I'm pretty sure I could accomplish just with another Wemo switch. But I'm not sure how to, get, how to figure out a way to get uh, an increased draw on the outlet the TV is on to somehow kick on or off the outlet that the receiver is on. So, Casey, uh, yes. I can help you. There's Good. actually
0: they, they make a smart uh, power strip that Mm. has a master outlet that you plug something into. And I don't know, it's mostly for PCs. So I don't know whether it would work with the power drain of your TV or not. But they do make smart power strips. And the one that I've got is made for a PC. The idea is you plug it in and you plug all of your sort of like PC-related peripherals, like external speakers, into the other Mm. ports that are marked. Mm -hmm. And when it senses a power drain on the one, it turns the others on. And when it senses that the power is off, it turns the others off. So something like that might actually work for you.
2: I'll have to check that out see, this is already worth the price of admission for me I, I, I guess I'll just see you guys later <laughs> all right all right well we didn't pay you anything and you
0: didn't pay us anything so <laughs> we are keeping it even Steven thank you Casey that was a great topic uh, halftime we got two more topics to go but before uh, we get to them I want to tell you about one of our sponsors in this episode it is Linode uh, combination of high performance SSD Linux servers they have eight data centers across the world it's a great solution for your server infrastructure and when I say infrastructure you may be thinking like this is for Big the big companies and and massive corporations that are going to take over the world, but no, it can be just you and your website. In fact, um, that that is what I use. I use Linode servers for the incomparable and six colors. I use one Linode server in their Dallas data center, and it's great. You you know you can get it set up and running in less than a minute. Plans are incredibly reasonable. They start at just ten dollars a month. I'm doing a whole podcast network and a tech website and spending uh, with backups and stuff. And I'm spending about a hundred dollars a month. It is totally worth it you can choose your resources you can choose your linux distro you can uh, choose your node location all from their web-based manager tool you can deploy boot and resize once you're up and running with a few clicks it's really easy to do and there's an api uh, that lets you automate tasks uh it's yeah it's just it's simple and easy and you can get a server on a fast pipe and uh, do what you want with it and have complete control over it it's got ssd storage and intel E5 processors and access to their 40 gigabit network. So, you know, there are just so many great things about having your server be living inside Linode. It's got more than 400,000 other customers who are taken care of by a great 24 7 support team. They're even there over the holidays. So Linode is great whether you want to uh, run a Git server, host a large database, run a mail server, operate powerful apps, uh, let's say uh, run a website and a CMS and a podcast network. You can do it all. And as a listener of Clockwise, you can go to Linode.com. That's L I N O D E.com slash clockwise. You'll support us. And you'll get $20 toward any Linode plan. And there's a seven-day money-back guarantee, so there is no reason not to give it a try. Linode.com slash clockwise. Learn more, sign up, take advantage of that $20 credit, or just use the promo code clockwise20 at checkout. Clockwise20, that is. Thank you to Linode for supporting. Clockwise's halftime show. The cheerleaders and marching bands are off the field. I think is that Coldplay leaving the field now? It may be, uh, but halftime <laughs> I is a- over. I asked them to
1: leave, Jason. Yeah,
0: that's right. We they they weren't invited. Yeah.
1: Uh, and uh, it's time for our third topic. Dan, what do you have? Uh, Netflix is spending a bunch of money on in-house content uh, for reasons I think Jason very well described in a recent Six Colors post. Um, and Amazon is following suit. And now there's a rumor that Apple is next. So are these guys sort of our, our new studios? Is this a good move? Is this a, a smart uh, move for this these companies? Or is this just sort of going to be one of those rabbit holes like the 1990s when there were like website companies producing like webisodes? Uh, what do you guys think? Aline?
3: I think they definitely could be. I don't think they are yet. Um, I think kind of for geeky people, they're becoming that, but for most people who are still You know, watching cable TV or have antennas. I don't think that they're quite there yet, but if traditional publishers and traditional studios don't start innovating and, um, allowing people to access content in more ways, in more places, I think that they're gonna, they're gonna definitely lose a market. And I think they're definitely, you know, Netflix, Amazon, maybe Apple are filling a need that we have for, um, For I don't know. I'm going to show my bias for good, innovative content instead of kind of the same things rehashed. Um, So yeah, I think quite possibly, but not yet.
0: Yeah, I think one of the big questions is, what do these companies want to be? Do they want to be HBO? Or do they want to be the cable company? And uh, Netflix... And to a certain extent, Amazon, I think, with their Prime Video service, they want to be HBO. Netflix is doing what it's doing and spending. So Netflix is spending six billion on content. And I did the I did the rough calculation, and I, my guess is that a billion of it is on original material. And why are they doing that? It's because, as we mentioned, CBS is talking about pulling all of its Star Trek stuff, um, or is theorized to be doing that because they want to launch their own pay streaming service, or they want to buttress their existing pay pay service, I should say. And And uh, we've also seen that with the BBC rumors that the BBC is going to do this. And uh, so Netflix cannot rely on people paying the money for other people's content and being a middleman. Netflix is trying to make it be HBO, where what you really are doing when you're paying for Netflix is for Netflix shows. And there's other stuff too, just like there is on HBO. There are movies and stuff that kind of come and go. Um, Or do you want to be the cable company? And this is where I think Apple comes in. Um, I I am skeptical of the idea. We've not heard Apple uh, be suggested to be creating a, a subscription video watching service, all of the rumors have been something more like an over-the-top service, which is more like replacing your cable company with a bundle of stuff. And if that's the case, then um, I think this is a little bit weird of a decision because um, I, think, I think making your own content works if you want to be HBO, but I think if you want to be the cable company, you should just get out of that business and let your partners do it. So I don't love the idea of Apple doing it. I think Netflix has to do it to survive because the um it's just like apple when they uh when they had such great success with itunes and the music industry got really mad at them for saving them because apple had created this kind of dominant position for itself and i think that's what's happening with netflix where netflix has been so successful that everybody else is like well wait why are we letting our shows be on their platform and let them make money from them even though the the studios are making money from Netflix, like $5 billion this year. So, uh, you know, I think that's the question. Do you want to be HBO or not? Netflix totally wants to be HBO.
2: Yeah, I'm fearful that Apple really wants to get into this like studio thing and doesn't just want to be a cable company. That does not strike me as something that's in their wheelhouse, but you never know. Um, what's interesting to me about all this is to see once Netflix really, really starts eating the traditional studios launch, which I think we can all agree is already starting to happen, what do the traditional studios do and how do they combat this? And when their back is against the wall, kind of like Aline was talking about earlier, you know, and are they going to start innovating and doing something fresh and different and clever? And I'm very anxious to see what ends up coming of the CBS, you know, Fox, um, NBC, etc., cetera, see what they do. When this tide really does start to shift, which I think we're seeing the beginning of now. So we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting point. I think I think part of the reason Apple might be considering this is that they seem to have been having trouble getting traction what they wanted to do, which was, as we discussed, sort of an over the top service. Um, And maybe that frustration has led them to thinking, well, if we create some sort of service where we have some content, but not all content, how do we draw customers from competing places like Netflix and Hulu that have much of the same content? And the answer might be, well, content you can't get anywhere else. Um, and so that's you know whether or not that's actually something that pans out uh, I have obviously no idea, but i it makes sense for them to at least look into that as an option. Um, but I agree with you guys that it's interesting to see how this dynamic is getting set up between the technology companies and the content companies because I think the the content companies have spent some time trying to in many cases, create their own streaming services. NBC now has one just for, like, comedies, right? Like, so they're all sort of trying this. CBS has got theirs. You know, they're trying to sort of say, well, should we just be moving this in-house and providing the technology ourselves? And I think the answer might be eventually we just sort of come back around to the point where the technology companies provide the platforms and the content companies provide what goes on the platforms. And then you get some companies like Netflix where that, that balance may shift over time. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting that so many places have custom content and I think it's smart because, you know, it turns out that, you know, with a little money and a little good hiring of personnel, you can make pretty good content without being an existing studio. So that, that seems to be doing uh good work there. So thanks for that. Um, and I think we have one more topic from Aline.
3: So it seems like all of my tech related customer service experiences lately have been super negative. Like I've gone, I've had to take a computer to the genius bar a couple of times and like the people talked to my husband and not me about the problem. Um, I had a really awful interaction with a, uh, an online chat, uh, CS the other day. So I kind of want to balance out the galactic karma here and hear about your most positive tech related customer service experience like ever. I've
0: I had a lot of good software experiences where I have reported bugs in uh in pieces of software and had the developer this is the great thing about being especially in the in the Mac world where there are a lot of independent developers and you send them a note and they write back and say oh that's a that's a great bug here's a development build where I fixed it because that happens and not just because I write about Apple but because these people this is they care so much about their product that this happens a lot where like you'll actually um, send you know not well not a lot it happens occasionally because you've got one person and they've got the they've got Xcode open and you point out something and they they fix it and they are very excited and they send you a build and say here does this fix it, that they, they care about their products and they want to hear from you. And the, the little developers, especially, are the best.
2: I have a couple of very, very quick stories of good ones. And the summary of both of them is pe- the person on the phone understood that I actually knew what I was talking about and went with it. Um, mm-hmm. one, uh, one was a few years ago. We had some issue with our Fios at home. Um, this Verizon files, I can't remember what it was, but I got on the phone with this person. I said, all right, here's the situation. Here's what I've tried. And, and the, the person on the phone was like, okay, well clearly I don't need to ask you to reboot your computer or anything like that. Let's go and try some stuff on some of the boxes that are in the house that are associated with files, like not the router, but some of the equipment boxes, you know, is this on, is this done, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then the other one was actually, so if you happen to listen to ATP, I had just bought a 5K iMac, it arrived, sort of kind of DOA, you can listen to that episode to hear the details. And I called AppleCare at like 10 o'clock at night, my time, which is still um, after normal business hours on the left coast. And I got someone on the phone and I said, okay, here's what I've tried, I've done a PRAM reset, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, I've done that what is this thing broken or what and he did have me walk through a few things including a couple of things that i had already tried just to be absolutely sure and he was very blunt he was like look let's just try it one more time just to be sure but i bet you it's not going to make a difference and and it was great and he had set me up with a genius bar appointment which i ended up canceling another long story listen atp but um that whole experience of getting someone on the phone quickly and in fact i believe i told them to call me uh, when, whenever the line was, was short, which, which was only like five or 10 minutes, they called, uh, my phone was on do not disturb. So they left a message saying, Hey, we'll call back in 10 minutes. They called back in 10 minutes and it all worked out really, really well. And, uh, I was really pleased with that experience. So it was, it was good.
1: Yeah. Unsurprisingly, I was going to say my, my good experience stories were well, also probably primarily Apple. Uh, I'm not sure. I was trying to think, I don't know if I've ever had a really great phone experience. I almost always find that incredibly frustrating, um but the Apple store experience that spits it, that stands out in my mind it came many years ago um, I had a, um, a PowerBook G3, uh, and it had this like funky S video port on the back, and it came with a little adapter that let you turn that into a um, RCA yellow plug connector. And I used to use that a lot for like hooking up to projectors and stuff like that at work. Um, and I really liked that computer. And my the little dongle got lost, just totally misplaced. It was like a tiny little, few inch long cable. And I went into the Apple Store. This was very early on in the Apple Store tenure, like maybe in the first couple of years. And I, you know, went to the Genius Bar, and this is back there was no wine or anything. And I started talking to this guy. And I was like, "Oh, do you have? Do you sell these these little dongle things?" He's like, "Well, at that point, they had stopped making that computer." And so he's like, "Well, let me see what we got in the back." So we went in the back, came back like five minutes later handed me just like loose just one of those dongles i was like oh that's great how much is it?" he's like no just take it like we don't we don't make that computer anymore just have it and i was like oh cool thanks and so you know i ended up with this free little thing which fixed a problem for the rest of the life of that computer which was probably only a couple more years but it was just such a thoughtful and you know generous thing to do in the sense that it was, you know, it was clearly not something that there was a high demand for. It was not something that you could order anywhere else. Um, And, you know, that was just struck me as like, you know, the kind of experience that I was like, well, I'm going to keep coming back to the Apple store. And yeah, it's definitely varied since then. But that's that's sort of the I think back to that experience every once in a while and think like, well, you know, that's to me, that's emblematic of Apple customer service at its best. It's really just about making you feel like you are wanted and you're appreciated as as a customer.
3: So mine is actually like 15 years old at this point. It was uh, my 16th birthday, well, more than 15 years. Um, it was my 16th birthday, and I had a Gateway computer. And I had a Gateway computer with a virus. And it was a really, really nasty one. And so I actually called Gateway's technical support, and someone sat on the phone with me for like six hours on my 16th birthday trying to troubleshoot this. And like we ended up reformatting the hard drive. And that's how I learned how to reformat a Windows computer hard drive, which I did many, many times after that. I'd just be like, okay, I'm <laughs> bored with this. I'm I'm just wiping it. Um, but I will never forget that experience of like this guy just talking to me for six hours to troubleshoot this issue that I'd been stymied on for days. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I will ever forget that. Good stories to everyone
0: out there. Um, we are running out of time, so we just have time to, to do our bonus question, which is brought to you this week by our good friends at Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code clockwise at checkout to get 10% off. When it comes to giving yourself a place online, there is nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all the power you need into your hands. They take away the pain. You don't have to worry about hosting or scaling or what to do if you get stuck with something. You can build a site that looks professionally designed, regardless of skill level, because they've got these amazing, easy-to-use tools and these fantastic, professionally-designed, responsive templates. So your website can look and feel exactly how you want, and you don't have to be a web designer or a uh, or a or a programmer or anything like that, because Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology. They power your site. It's secure. It's stable. It's trusted by millions of people, including some of the most respected brands in the world. And, uh, the other features are also amazing, 24-7 support with live chat and email, teams located across the globe. Squarespace as a cl- commerce platform. It means you can add a store to your Squarespace site and sell things. Anyone. You just get it when you use Squarespace. You can sell stuff on your website. They've got the cover page, which is this amazing, great-looking single-page website if you've got an event or you want to do it as sort of a, a landing page for people to learn about who you are and why you're so great. Uh, the cover page is great for that. And, of course, rock-solid fast web hosting your site is going to be up and it's going to load fast and there's even a dev platform so you can dig into the code and tinker if you are technically inclined but you don't have to be that's the beauty of squarespace sign up for a year get a free domain name so you can choose exactly what you want your site to be called and then it'll be served on squarespace and plans start at just eight dollars a month so start a trial no credit card required and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com com and use the offer code clockwise to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. Thank you to Squarespace for supporting all of Relay FM, but most importantly, the bonus question on Clockwise, Squarespace, you should. You should answer my question everybody, which is this. <laughs> what's the best thing and really really quickly, what's the single best thing you've streamed lately? We've been talking about streaming services. Casey
2: Uh, Just to tell you how out of touch I am with the new shows, the best thing I think I've streamed lately was the most recent season of House of Cards, which I loved. And I know that there's a whole just shed load of interesting and awesome things that have been uh, coming out ever since then, and I just haven't had the chance to try any of them. So I'd say say the uh, latest House of Cards, two thumbs up. All right, Dan?
1: Uh, I know Jason will appreciate this one, which was on Hulu. I streamed the first and second seasons of You're the Worst, the sitcom on FXX, which is fantastic and you should really go watch mm. it. Approved. Aline.
3: I have to pick. Okay, so I've got two. Jessica Jones on Netflix, um, mm. and I did a podcast on the Incomparable Network um, on that, on the TV stuff. And second is The Expanse. I'm really, really enjoying. I'm a couple episodes behind right now, but I'm super excited to get caught up.
0: And for me, I'm going to also cheat and do two because Aline cheated so I'm going to cheat too and say (laughs) um, I have really enjoyed uh, Master of None on Mm -hmm. Netflix. I thought that was really great and the uh, the original Broadway cast recording of hamilton which i listen to on apple music and have not purchased uh so that counts and i love it <laughs> uh, more to come about hamilton somewhere sometime uh that's it we're done thank you to our guest casey list thanks for joining us again it's great to have you uh back on the show thank you so much you
1: guys and sims thank you so much for being here this week
3: it's one of my favorite shows i'm so happy i could be here Yay! Yay!
1: Nobody said the best thing they streamed lately is an episode of Clockwise,
0: though. Oh well, <laughs> Dan, we can we can we can hope. We can live in perpetual hope. All right, and that's it. Thanks to everybody out there for listening and streaming us, or not, or whatever you do to a podcast. Uh, and we will see you next week. But until then, we remind you: watch what you say, and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Adios.